Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. As it is our custom, we'll start getting you ready for next year, starting from this month. And um, from today to January 1st is 53 days. And so, in 53 days, you would have stepped into that magical 2023. Right. And uh, I know in the next two weeks, uh, you start engaging Christmas. So, generally, generally, by the second week of December, people's life starts shutting down for Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle All the Way. And then people just expect that when we get into that 2023, that's the year we've been waiting for. Is that not the year you've been waiting for? That's the year. Everything is going to do what? Just change. Once we enter that crossover night, we sow some seed, say some quick prayer, drink one shot of anointing oil, we are good to go. Everything is going to be fine. Unfortunately, that's not what it, what it is. So a lot of people wait for crossover and the New Year service to determine how the year would be like. January 1st is just a day in the calendar. Nothing more to it. January 1st is just another day in the calendar of life. There's nothing magical to it. There's nothing spiritual to it. It's just as you move from what? November, you get into December 1st. What happens again? You get into January 1st. It's just another day. You're not going to automatically become a better person because it's New Year. You might pretend for a while, but after the one week, your real self will come out. So if you don't work on that real self, it will be a repetition of your previous years. There's nothing magical or spiritual about it. If you're not deliberate, if you're not intentional, and if you're not focused, it will be a repetition of previous years. I know some of us, if we look at the goals we set in January to today, we don't even want to look at that book anymore. Say, say don't worry, we're starting all over. Cancel it. You know, people who always pray that they cancel exams are people who didn't write well. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, let's look at Proverbs 21.25. Uh, Proverbs 21.25. And I'll show you something there. So, I've always taken this approach because I believe that the people of God needs to be people who make use of the year, who are more proactive. All right? Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 25. Are you there? Are you there? Say amen. Are you here? All right. Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the sluggard 
put him to death. For his hands refused to work. The desire of the lazy, the New Living Translation says. It says, despite their desires, the lazy will come to ruin for their hands refuse to work. The des- pay attention to this. The desire of the lazy man is a slogger. Puts him to death for his hands refuse to work. Look at this. The lazy man desires. That desires puts him to death for his hands refuse to work. Which means that every desire must have a corresponding label. Every desire must have a corresponding label. If you have a desire for the next year to be different, there is the work of your hands you must put into it. Child of God, next year will not be any different from this year if you don't do something about it. God has already said, the, the highest thing God can do for you in this life, He has done. He has sent His Son, who was His incarnate, to die for you. There is nothing, there is no more. Have you heard when parents want to talk to children and they say, what do you want me to do for you? Should I keep myself for you? See, God didn't just only ask us that. He did it. He killed Himself for us. There is nothing God will do for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is nothing. Except you want Him to come and die again, which is not possible. So, to approach a year, listen carefully, to approach a year with the mindset that it's going to be different and you are not going to put any work to make it different, that desire will kill you. That's why people get offended at church, get offended at God, get offended at everything. Even if your faith did not produce this year, did you ask why your faith did not produce? Did you find out? Did you read more faith books? Did you listen to more faith messages? Did you ask yourself questions? So the desire of the sluggard is what kills him. Heavy desire, little work. Many big goals, big dreams. And all, the, you know, in the 1950s, there was a music that was released called Kusera Sera. You, how many of you were born in 1950? <laughs> eh? and what was the, that song came out in 1950. Some of you are looking like you're spiritual, you were spiritually born in 1950, but you entered the earth in 1980-something. And what was it, the meaning of the song? Whatever will be, will be. Most people live their life like that. Have you heard people say, what God has ordained for me will come to pass, no matter what anybody does? That's not true. There are many people God ordained things for that did not come to pass because they did not work for it. And I'll show you. So I I really want us to go into next year with a very sober, um, sober and intentional way, especially as a church, members of this church. In the natural, I said in the natural for a reason, in the natural, the, the, the year is not looking good in the natural. Those of you who are a bit abreast of facts, you, you see what your brother Elon Musk is doing, right? Laying of people on Twitter, 
just getting, people just getting emails, they were being laid off. The African, you know, a few years ago we celebrated the fact that, oh, the African headquarters was now in Ghana. We didn't come to Nigeria and a lot of people fought, fought about it, but we are. Now they are all complaining, they are being laid off. So just in a few years, people who you look up to and say, oh, these guys are working in Twitter, working one of the best organizations of the world, are being laid off without even a full conversation. Facebook is planning to lay off more workers. So in the natural, in the, I said in the natural for a reason, in the natural, it's not looking good. So if you just stroll into the year like that, as if, as a Nigerian, you own the year, you will be surprised what will hit you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are many companies that are planning to lay off people for a simple reason. It is now that companies and economies are feeling the effect of COVID. Are you following this now? So, you see, as a Christian, it's not just to bury your head and say, hey, it will be better, it will be better. Jesus will make it, Jesus will make it. By the time you raise your head, there's a sack later waiting for you. You will just realize that you've been dropped. <laughs> So, and then politically as a nation, we are entering, uh, we're entering into a season which we're not sure how it's going to be. <laughs> but by May, we'll be sure where we are, whoever wins the election. So there is uncertainty in the nation from, uh, from, from about January to May. It's it a couple of things. So if you, if you understand how national economies work, Nothing is going to really improve because most um, organizations and most people are, they want to wait for the outcome of the election, am I right? Before they can engage whatever policies has to be engaged. So with, with all this, I said natural, remember. With all this natural fact, you cannot afford, you, you cannot afford to enter 2023 unarmed, unprepared, uninformed, and naive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, it's important that I've laid off those facts because I want to show you that you have to be deliberate. You have to be intentional. If there is any year, you have to be very conscious in entering its next year. The rising cost of inflation. Nigerian, Naira, and the Ghana, uh, Ghana cities are, are almost becoming some of the worst performing currencies in the world. Ghana economy was way better than ours a few, few years ago. A lot of mismanagement there, and, and the economy is just going down. Naira is heading up to a thousand uh, for one dollar. That's where we're traveling to with high speed. This is going to impact on trade. This is going to impact on food. We've got flooding that's happened. One of the largest rice farms in the nation just got wiped out. East West Road is uh, highly impacted. So. You, 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 you drive to one place and then take a bike across. And, and that's going to, so coming from just worried to Port Harcourt, it's going to cost you how many thousands of naira? That's going to impact on the goods that come across that region. Why am I giving you all of these things? Don't bury your head and enter next year. You have to be deliberate. And one of the first things I like to say is take God serious. Even though you will not believe what will happen to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must, you must deal with carnality. 
You have to enter next day spiritually armed. Are you following this now? So when you understand this, you will realize that economically there must be a greater level of engagement from you to get into the year. So I would like us as a church to enter the year with a very, very proactive mindset. If you look around, most serious companies already have developed their budgets. I was, really, I was at the airport uh, this week and I saw several states were already reading their 2023 budget. All right? Already prepared their budget, already getting ready to the year. You cannot wait for crossover night, it will be too late. So you have to be proactive. I'm, I'm just giving you those natural facts to help you appreciate the intensity of the year we are about entering into as a nation and as a people. So, having said that, let's go to Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, So teach us to number our days. Remember, the word here is not to count. To number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. It says, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So, the heart of wisdom is how you engage days. There must be wisdom to days. Wisdom to days. In spite of everything I've shared right now, there are people that will make tremendous progress in the year that we're entering into. Why? Because they are ready for it. They are prepared for it, spiritually and otherwise. Even this year, people made progress. Don't think that everybody is actually, you know, people are affected by the high prices of goods, but don't think everybody is suffering. You know, there's a way you just assume that your own suffering, uh, we all took a portion from it. No, that's not true. There are still people who are experiencing miracles every day, still working in the favor of God every day. People are still getting jobs every day. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? So, uh, when you have numbered your days, what's the purpose of numbering your days? So you, that you may present a heart of wisdom. So, there must be wisdom from your heart in engaging your days. There must be wisdom from your heart in engaging your days. Serious companies and organizations already have their first quarter planned out, forecast and budget. What's God's plan for the year? What, how does God see every year? Psalm 65 verse 11. Let me show you how God sees every year. Psalm 65, verse 11. Psalm 65, verse 11. Praise the Lord. Psalm 65, verse 11. You have crowned the year with your bounty, and your parts drip with fatness. So, the Lord, every year is crowned with the bounty of God, and the goodness of God, and the fatness of God. You have to determine if you are going to enjoy this, if you are going to work in it. You know, many years ago, there was a recession in America that was about to come two years before, and the Lord told Brother Hagin about it, and says, a recession is coming to America, I want you to get ready for it, and this is how I want you to get ready for it. Told him to lay off some staff from the office, explain to them, they just employed those people. He said, but tell them, that's what I said they should do. Dropped a couple of staff, cut down on some crusades that he was doing, and the Lord says, if you take this step, this ministry will come over. 
So it's not every time that the strategy to warfare is aggression. Sometimes the strategy to warfare is retreating. So you have to find what strategy works for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'll give you another example from the New Testament. When Herod wanted to kill Jesus, what did, uh, what did the Lord tell Joseph in a dream? I want to hear you say it. What did the Lord tell Joseph in a dream? He said, take the child and run to Egypt. You would have said, no, I know who I am. You won't have been redeemed by now. Because the, 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 the plan was that Jesus would die at 33. And he, uh, he was just a few months old. He would have aborted the plan. So what I'm saying is that sometimes your strategy into going next year is to retreat. It's not to do more, maybe to do less. So you have to, be, you have to work with God. I'll give you another example. Joseph, you know, seven fat cows and seven lean cows, and he had that dream. And what happened? The, the Lord gave him the wisdom and says, there are seven fat years and they are coming seven lean years. How do we engage this? And he says, do this. And, you know, began to give that percentage that saved the whole of Egypt. In fact, Pharaoh said, there is no man in my kingdom with such a wisdom. There was strategy. So even though the Lord has determined that the year is filled with abundance and the parts are going to drip with fatness, how do we get this? What's the strategy for this? So by now, a believer should be engaging the Lord concerning next year. You're not just waiting to hand Christmas like, say, thank God we made it. Were you expecting to die? That's not the approach. That's not the approach. You, you approach the year with a definite strategy. Where our finances is concerned about this church, the Lord has given me certain instructions of what to go, what to do as we get into next year. Certain specific instructions on how to go about whatever the Lord is putting our heart to do. So, so you have to start engaging. And some of these answers take time to come from the Lord. That's why you need to start preparing early. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like you go this night. The father, our pastor said, we should ask you how the year will be. How will the year be? <laughs> he said, talk now or I will arrange it myself. No, that's not the day. So you, you engage with the Lord, right? Every area of your life, you're engaging with the Lord. A couple of days on your finances, a couple of days on relationships, a couple of days on the assignments and the plans that God has for you. And you're praying over it, and praying over it. And by the time you go into January 1st, you already have a blueprint of how you're working. The year does not change by quotable quotes. If you like, make your status so, so tiny that there are quotes on it. You know, copy from all the ministries. Year of double favor, year of triple favor, favor that will some assault you, favor that will kill you. Put all of them, put all of them there. You realize that <laughs> at the point you are not seeing your own status because you don't have data. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? All right. So the first step to having a great year is honest review. And proper evaluation of the year. The first step, write that down, to have a great year is proper review. See, and honest evaluation, sorry, honest review and proper evaluation. Honest review and proper evaluation, right? Now, the reason I use the word honest review is that sometimes as human beings we can be self-deceptive. So let me, let me give you an example. You're reviewing the year, you discover you didn't do well, 
right? Then you immediately just tell yourself, but thank God for life. Thank God for life. <laughs> now, now, what you've just done is you've just stopped yourself from accepting the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what I realize sometimes is that as people, when we're making um, a review about the year and we come to the places where we didn't do well, we just find one psychological thing to just cover it up. I'm not saying beat yourself up, but can you just tell yourself the truth? The scripture says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. So it's not like you're evaluating and you see you didn't do well. Say, but I thank God. My mate are in prison. Did I go to prison? No, that's not the point. You were not evaluating whether you ended up in prison or not. That's not the context. You, you know, I, my, first, my first degree was in education, right? You know the reason why they always bring external supervisors to evaluate if, you have a, if you're doing a project? I don't know if they still do it now, but you should have an external supervisor coming for your project. Do you know why? Because uh, academically, it's, it's always supposed that the lecturers will... There will be just this thing about, oh, they are my students. I don't want them to... Do you understand? They will be tough, but they just feel that an external person should come and look at it so that the review will be what? Honest and not biased. If you have a mentor, they can help you with that. But child of God, can you do a proper evaluation of your life? Every area of your life. Spiritually this year, did you grow? Did you mature spiritually? Financially. Some of us look at this year and discover we lost money. So we now need to sit down and ask ourselves, what made us to lose this money? Now, don't go and blame the people. It's because of we are invested in people. People are wicked. They will carry your money and run away. No, ask yourself, why did you invest in those people? Do you understand? Is it covetousness that was driving you? If you listen to me carefully. If you don't deal with that covetousness, next year you will repeat that investment mistake. It will be another company. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did I make my research well? Did I make my findings well? What is my perspective of wealth? Is it that I wanted money quickly? How did I fall into the hands of these people? I'm just giving you an example. If you lost money. So you need to check what, what was attracting you. Is it the 40%, 60%, 70%? What was drawing you to them? What do you have? You know, the scripture says, the, uh, Jesus said, um, the prince of this world comes and finds nothing in me. So you would ask yourself, what did these scammers find in me? What, what was it that was that bait? Why did I make this mistake? Is it because I don't have enough financial knowledge? So how do you approach the year? Well, maybe next year I wouldn't invest. Maybe I would take more time to understand how what economic works. You know... As a minister of the gospel, full-time ministers, you know, sometimes I have to do some investment, right? And people come with very good investments. And I know, for me, one of the rules of investment for me is I never invest in what I don't understand. It might not make me a very rich person, but it's okay. Because, number one, that's not my goal in life. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? So, you, you need to find out. So, what are we talking about? Honest, everybody say honest review. And what? Proper evaluation. If you're married, you can allow both of yourself to review each other. You know, sometimes we men, we don't accept honest review from our wives. So we say, I, I know, I know. Go to the next point. 
I'm working on it. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. You can't make progress like that. Right? So, honest review. Be honest to yourself. One of the things you should... See, why honesty is good? Let me give you a scripture to it. Luke 15, 17. Why... Um, how many of you listen to the message I posted? Self-examination, the key to productivity. All right, make sure you listen to it. If you don't have it, ask the office for it. They'll send you the link. Listen to it again. Luke chapter 15, verse 17. I thought that's in a men's meeting. Luke 15, 17. Remember the prodigal son? How many of you remember the prodigal son? Okay. Now, you remember what happened, right? He took his father's words, went away, did everything, spent the money. Verse 17 says... Okay, let's read from verse 16 so you understand. It says, let's read from verse 14 so you understand more. Now, when he has spent everything, everybody says spent everything. Number one, this should not be the definition of your life. If you are spent everything, if you are spent everything, I know it's not correct English, but just follow what I'm saying. If you are spent everything, <laughs> you will end up as prodigal son. Your life should not be spent everything. Month ends, spent everything. If the house you are staying is too expensive for you, move down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are staying in a three-bedroom flat, you are struggling, move to two-bedroom. If you are staying in two-bedroom, you discover that it's a struggle, you are spending everything, move to one bedroom, buy a thick cotton. It will be two-bedroom. In your mind, tell yourself, this is bedroom, this is bedroom. Don't, there's no pressure. You retreat. Oh, in this town, we've moved from a big house to a smaller house before. In this city. Or should I say in this kingdom. We've done that. And I don't mind doing that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no need to have high blood pressure when you're not ready to die. If you're ready to die, that's fine. You can look for many things to kill you. But if this defines your life, that everything you earn is spent, there is a big problem. There is a big problem. So if it is spent everything, that this one word defines your life. If you like, say, the money I'm earning is not enough. Talk to yourself, encourage yourself how much you can. But saints, if this is your life, verse 15 is where you are going. Let's see where you are going. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. You know what happens? <laughs> he now started doing what he did not want to do. When you spend everything, that's when you will loan money from people and they will give you all kinds of conditions. Oh yeah, bring your shirt. You bring your shirt, put it, put it there. Huh? Or you collect money from loan companies. Then the name that you have built, they will not send money. Don't, it's a fraudster, you run away with company money. You call your father, call your mother, call your this thing. Eh? You are, you are, you are feeding swine. It's not a good animal, it's a dirty animal. Your life will be messy and dirty. See that principal is calling you? Landlord is calling you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then it's not that you plan to lie. You didn't set out a goal to lie, but you just discovered that you cannot tell the truth. <laughs> Are you at home? No. So to your landlord, you traveled. 
to the school principal, you buried your grandmother. You have forgotten that that same grandmother was buried two years ago. You don't need that. Never put your children in a school that you cannot afford to pay the school fees. Never do that. There are things that should not be prayer points. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're talking about what? Preparing for what? For a great year. So, honest review. Read on. It says, <laughs> and you know the funny thing? What he spent everything on, we didn't see it. Right? Because he spent it on righteous living. Some of you spend money. If they now ask you, what did you spend the money? And write it down. Write it. You, you have to ask yourself this question tonight. All the money I earned this year, what did I spend it on? That's one question you ask yourself this night. When you go home, look around your house. What did you buy? Some of you realize you didn't buy anything this year. And you didn't even eat well. Because now the doctor says you have ulcer. So it's not like you bought food. So where did you spend? Actually, you have to ask yourself, where did I spend my money? Ask yourself. Because if you do not, it will happen next year again. Are you following this now? So let's go on because that's not what I want to teach tonight. And he says, verse 16, And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pots that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything. I've told you many times, takers do not have a budget. Givers must have. All the people who are depending on you, they are still thanking God that you have made it into next year because they still want to depend on you. Those who collect from you, they say, oh, I thank God. I thank God that God brought all of us into this new year. That, that statement that God brought all of us into this new year is that they are trying to tell you that the way you were next year continues this way. The people who take from you will never reduce. They will never reduce. So you have to. Are you following what I'm saying? You have to. There are some people you need to give deadline to during giving. If not, the demands will be... I mean, of course, he spent it on whatever he spent it on. But then he was now eating with pigs. But verse 17 is what I like. But when he came to his senses, honest review, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here with hunger. Look at how he described himself. I am dying here with hunger. Now, I want you to picture the prodigal son. Imagine you, just two boys, going to meet your father and say, divide our wealth into two and give me what belongs to me. And the man divided his wealth. Few moments later, look at the description of that young man. He says, I am dying of hunger. The question is, where was the wealth you took from your father? He took his father's wealth and not his father's wisdom. So don't get into the end of next year and you're dying of hunger and yet you enter the year full. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have to make sure. But coming to his senses was honest with you. I shouldn't be eating with pigs. The servants in my father's house, they have more than enough food. And I'm going to talk about that tonight. The power of choices. Your, your choices can take you from the palace to eating with pigs. One choice can cause that breakthrough for you. You can move from a position of honor. If I say anything tonight that affects you, 
Take it and walk on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's how you change. You don't change by running away from the truth. You change by embracing the truth. So, he came to his senses. He told himself the truth. My father's servant, eat more. I'm dying of hunger. I will return. So he mapped his way back. If he kept deceiving himself, let me eat with pigs. Um, what do you call that now? Weeping men endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He will still, <laughs> that night will be very long. Don't use quotable quotes to cover foolishness. Don't even use scriptures to cover mistakes. You know, you know, like, oh, God is a God of a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and chances, and chances, and chances, and chances. You will realize that you are homeless. God is giving you chance of forgiveness and repentance. Your landlord doesn't. Your landlord is not God. The principal is not God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't take the mercy of God in your relationship with men. For your sin, God will give you a second chance and will forgive you. For that money you are owing, they will beat you. The scripture said it. It said, if you are owing anybody and they are taking you to court, it said, beg them. It didn't say God of a second chance. God will give you a second chance in prison. You will go to heaven, your spirit intact, but the way your body will appear in heaven, if they show you your selfie, you will not believe it because the person will beat you, police will beat you, other prisoners will beat you. So you, you, must, you, must, you, must, you must tell yourself this is scriptural truth and this is what? Reality. You are not taking the second chances that God is offering you of redemption. To now mess up your, your relationship with your boss, mess up at work, do all kinds of crazy things, and you now expect that a company is going to give you another chance. It will take the mercy of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Christians must learn to apply truth where truths apply. Jesus did not throw himself on the Pharisees and say, don't worry, they can't do me anything. Sometimes he hid. Sometimes he, he, you do understand, he just say, I'm Jesus, try it now. He didn't do that. Or maybe he was on the cross and said, if you are the son of God, save yourself. Okay, let me just save myself and you see. Next time you know, open your mouth. He didn't do it. He would have aborted redemption. There is a plan you must follow. Are you following this now? Now, let's go on. So, honest review. Have you written that down? Honest review and what? Proper evaluation. Understand that things have to be evaluated. Parable of the talents, Matthew chapter 25. Parable of the talents, Matthew 25. Things have to be evaluated. When we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, or you know, the, on, you know, what we popularly refer to as the judgment day, what do you think the judgment day is just talking about? Evaluation of the use of your time. Nothing else. God is evaluating your actions. Are you there in Matthew 25? Go to verse 14 with me, please. Matthew 25, verse 14. Say amen. Alright, let me be sure you are here. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. Okay, now quickly go to verse 19 because of time. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. What happened? The master came back and said, hey, where is the money I gave to you guys? Come tell me what you did with it. God is in the evaluation business. He didn't just say, well, I've given you money. It's fine, whatever you... No, it's not fine. So God gave you 
uh, 11 months. We're in the 11th month right now, right? God gave you 11 months. What did you do with them? 11 brand new months. What did you do with them? Now is, God is about to give us another 12 brand new months. If you did not evaluate the previous 11 months properly, the 12 new months would make no meaning, would make no difference. He says, what did you do? Come, give account. He came back. Hey, give account of what I gave you. And you know how it went. One says, I multiply. The other says, I multiply. The other says, I dog. What was the, first, what was the man's response? Call that one wicked and lazy. Remember what we talked about at the beginning. Alright? Genesis 1.31. Genesis 1.31. Are you still here? Are you learning something tonight? Alright, Genesis 1.31. Listen to this message again where you get it tonight. Listen to it again. God saw how many things? I didn't hear that, church. God saw how many things? How many things? How many things? Let's say it loud and clear once ago. How many things? That means God evaluated everything he did. He saw all that he had made and behold, it was very good. So it means that when God finished everything, he did what? He moved back and took a look at how many things? That's the word I want from that verse. How many things? All. You have to evaluate all of your life. Your finance, your relationship, your health, your whatever. Evaluate it. Don't evaluate a part where you feel is very okay and leave the other parts. Evaluate all that you have done this year. Your words, your communication, your relationships. Right? Then, let's see. Genesis 2.18. So God evaluated his own work. If God evaluated his own work, why wouldn't you evaluate your work? Why wouldn't you evaluate your work? Why wouldn't you evaluate your life if God did that to his own creation? He's God. He could have just said, I'm God. Take it anywhere you see it. I cannot make mistakes. No, he took a look at it. Now see what evaluation does. Genesis 2.18. Are you there? Then the Lord said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable. And God looked at man and said, No, 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 no. Something is happening here. This is not good. So the creation of a woman to be a suitable helper to man came after that evaluation. After God had said, Hey, everything I created is good. He looks at man and said, No, I need to <laughs> Let's give this man a woman here to help him. So he looked at it. He looked at it. So you need to look at your life. Right? You know, I'm not saying now, go and say, Ah, Father, this is the scripture I've been waiting for. I've been suffering from loneliness, Lord. Thank you. 2023 is my year not to be. <laughs> you, 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 you also have to tell yourself, right? You don't have to bring somebody's daughter into a messy situation. At least if you don't feel sorry for yourself, feel sorry for someone else. <laughs> have your own life organized first. Because I see a lot of people in relationships that have no business. No business being in a relationship. If you have an issue with loneliness, you have to cure it first. And deal with it first. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We'll talk about more of that in the singles meeting, but let's go on. So God saw it wasn't good for man to be alone. So that is evaluation. You've got to evaluate and look at the year and say, what is good? What is not good? 
And let me tell you the truth. Tell yourself the truth. You see, this message will not work for you if you don't tell yourself the truth. If, you, if there's an area you are falling short, look at yourself and say, hey, I'm falling short in this area. It, that's the beginning. I'll give you an example, all right? I'll just give you an example. Let's say you have taken a course you want to study, and for two years you have not completed that course, right? Online. You do one video, two videos, and then you tell yourself you are very busy, and that course is not completed. There is a fundamental problem you need to work on. Right? Or you take an instrument, you want to learn an instrument, okay? And for years, you haven't learned that instrument. You can, you can tell yourself all the stories, but you need to be honest with yourself and say, why am I not committing to this? Do I want to commit to this? If I want to commit to it, why am I not committing to it? Right? Or there is a book. There are some of you who have started writing books. After you heard this message in January, you did chapter one. <laughs> the book has ten chapters. So by now, I know this night, you don't open your laptop. <laughs> Where's this book? <laughs> and do chapter two. And then by next December, chapter three, so it's going to take you ten years. So you need to ask yourself, why am I not committing to this? Are you following this? So you've got to tell yourself the truth. Why am I having issues on this area? Constantly. Why is this issue not resolved? What's the underlying thing? So you've got to do that evaluation. If God evaluated his work, evaluate your work. And look at what is good, like we saw, and what is what? Not good. It is when you find what is not good that you can now determine what to do to make it good. So you have to know what is not good. Alright? Then... Simply eating, sleeping, working, procreating cannot distinguish us from animals. Without thinking, lives are not worth living. It was Socrates that said, the unexamined life is not worth living. That means a life that is not examined is not worth living. So you don't just go through the motions of getting up, going to work, coming back, getting married, having children. Just go through that secular motion. Mm-mm. You've got to be thinking. You've got to have thinking to it. There has to be thought to it. Right? There has to be thoughts to it. Praise God. I said praise God. Are you still here? The unexamined life is not worth living. You have to examine your life. That's how to prepare. Preparation starts with examination. And some of you who work in corporate organizations, you understand what I'm saying. Right? Your managers go for end of year retreats. What are they going to do? Just to drink wine? No. They look at your KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. Did we meet our target? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I mean, all of us that are here, working in one company or the other, you know your managers are already getting ready for you next day. They're already telling you, ah, we have to improve. We have, you know that they have already sat down, looked at an area of the company that's not performing, and have decided we're going to boost this area. Maybe we need to hire more. And if they're doing that for natural companies, why don't you do that for your life and your destiny? Why do you just expect that God is going to just position angels or destiny helpers to just help you get along in life without being intentional about it, about your life? And this is where Christians miss the Lord because it's almost like if we pray hard enough, if we, give, if we give hard enough, then our lives will just go well and we are not examining our lives. 
So you can have a believer who has been working for five years and nothing. There's nothing to show for it. Still has struggles paying his rent. Still has struggles with a couple of things. And you're wondering, what's going on here? What's happening here? And you know the way we just rammed it up? He said it's not spiritual. It's not, it's not natural. It's a spiritual problem. Hmm? <laughs> you hear people say, when I gather, I don't know what happens. It will just scatter. When I gather, it will just scatter. Find out why it's scattering. And then if it's a spiritual problem, what are you doing spiritually to grow so you can overcome that problem? I'm not saying what solution are you looking for in terms of somebody praying for you. What are you doing to your own spiritual life to be matured so that your things will not be scattered? And I've seen that approach in ministry even with young ministers. Are you following this? You've got to ask yourself questions. So God evaluated his work. What are the five vital questions you need to ask yourself? Number one, what is my honest evaluation of my use of time? What is my honest evaluation of my use of time? All through this month, we're dealing with this series, okay? Myself, Pastor Mary, we're just going to prompt you. So, you are going to be hearing messages that will make you feel like, yeah, you didn't do enough, it's good. So, that you sit up. Hmm? Have you realized that all of us have 24 hours? Everybody has 24 hours, right? Or you have 26? <laughs> Everybody has how many hours? Come on, church. 24 hours. Those of you who go to work, when do you go to work? Those of you here. When do you go to work today? Six o'clock. Wow. What a blessing. When did you come back? Five. Six, six to five, eh? Six to six. Some of you came back by six. I can see you with your work dress. So, six to six is how many hours? Maths people, help me quickly. Twelve hours. Right? Am I right? Okay. 12 minus 24, 12. So, tell yourself that you have 12 hours as you go into next year. Because 12 hours is already dedicated to what? To work. So, let's say your boss, your employee, your employer has 12 hours. So, you have 12. And out of that 12, except you were not born, you would sleep. Are you, are you funny? There's some of you that your Facebook button is always showing green. <laughs> I don't know, but you're at least updating. Greeting people. Who is up? Hello, world. <laughs> I greet you. Okay. So if you sleep uh, six hours, let's say six hours, all right? I know doctors recommend eight, but if doctors were sleeping eight hours, they would not have graduated medical school. So, let's say you sleep for six hours. How many hours do you have left? Six minus twelve. Six. Okay, so today you are in church for two hours. So, let's take today so that you don't say, ah, Pastor, after that calculation, I just decided I don't have time to serve God again. So, let's use today as your typical day, right? So, you take two hours out of Bible study. How many hours do you have? Four. Okay, use 30 minutes to go home. So, how many hours do you have? <laughs> 
Somebody said, I don't have anything in your tongue. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, this is the point where I'm breaking that down. That is how you need to look at your time. Are you following this? That's how you, so for instance, if you are committed to this local church, you realize that on Wednesdays, you have less time. So that should affect how you plan your Wednesdays. Are you following that? Other days, we don't do a lot of programs in this church, so other days, you know, so technically, technically, just to get ahead in life, you've got maybe six hours every, every day of the month. Six hours, in that six hours, everything in your life will fit in, right? Because the, the hours you're going to work, it's expected that you're focused on your job, or your managers will send you on an errand, you will go for meetings, so they have that time, right? So you've got six hours. In that six hours is where your prayer, your study life, huh? your reading life, your thinking life is going to get into. So you don't have time. Now imagine having just those time and then you now spend it on social media again. So you see why people's lives do not... So you don't, don't think that you have time. I want you to think of time like this, especially if you're employed. Even if you have your own business... It is expected that you should carry that same dedication to what? To your business. You open on time. And stay until people are back from work and, and all of that. So, you've got to have an honest evaluation of what? Number one thing is your time. Because that is the one resource that is not replaceable. A day spent wrongly is a day that is gone. Right? So, number one. Honest evaluation of what? Of your time. Your time. Everything in your life goes with time. Scripture says to everything there is a time. Right? There is a time. There is a time. There is a time and a season. So, the se- and that's why this thing is not about comparison. What season are you in now of your life? What season are you in? If you are in a season where you are building capacity for the future, then you, 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 should, you should know what to do with your time. If you're in a season where you're raising your kids, then you know where your priority will be. There will be a season also when the kids will be out of the house and then that season will shift and you put your time in. So there is no one pattern that fits everybody. You've got to find what season you're in and plug into it. Number two, what is the honest evaluation of your abilities? Your abilities. The things God has gifted you to do. How can you honestly say you used it this year? Hmm? Let me use uh, our spirit and truth as an example, our choir. How can you, what's the honest evaluation of your singing abilities? Did you improve your abilities, your potential? That gifting that God has given to you? How did you use it this year? Was it dormant? This is one of the things I want to say to you, right? Going into next year, this is what I advise. This is my suggestion. Cut out a lot of things from your life and streamline on what you want to focus on. You know, I, 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 I started, I start evaluating the year, preparing for the year from October. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my master's degree in theology, in biblical theology. And so... Because I actually want to finish the program on time, then I can go do my PhD. So it's about three years, four years, you know, the, the, the stream I'm, in, I'm, I'm doing. 
But I realized that, you know, I'm doing two models at a time, so I'm doing two courses for eight weeks, and they're intense. It's biblical study, so it's detailed. So I just realized, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm passing, I'm not failing, man of God must not fail. <laughs> you know, I'm passing, but I'm just asking myself, am I really getting a grasp of this course? Do I just want this for the certificate, or I want this because I really want to understand this course? And I told myself, well, the purpose is, if I get this certificate on time, it's great, but the purpose is really to understand this course. You know, and I remember talking to my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling because there are a whole lot of things, I'm preaching here, I'm traveling here, it's difficult. And I said, you know what? I just wrote to my school. I'm having to do only one model in eight weeks. It's fine. It's because we stay longer, but at the end of the day, I'm enjoying the course. So you have to tell yourself the truth. Do you understand? Now, the, the reason I could take that decision was because I asked myself an honest question. What's that question? Am I doing this just for the certificate or am I doing this for the knowledge? Do you see where honesty comes in here? Because if it is for the knowledge, then why rush? Why not get the knowledge? If it is for the certificate, then it's fine. So you just brandish the certificate. So all those multiple courses you wrote for online, ask yourself why. Is it just because you want to say, I've done that online course, I've done that online, or you really want to know it? Now you've enrolled for 10 courses. You've done 9. And if they repeat anything from those courses for, you know, there's this thing about acquisition of, Certificate. Some of you have gone for training that you might not use for the rest of your life. You say, let's just have it. You don't know when they will say, bring it. Especially in this area where, <laughs> you know, people have this one, have nebosh, have this one, you can climb rope, you can, you can dig gutter, you can say any wall, just have it, just have it. The, the challenge with that is that you're not skilled in anything. You're not professional. So by the time they now invite you to come and do this one, you now start carrying notes and dust. You have forgotten everything. Hundreds of thousands have gone. Right? You learn how to climb rope, and then you are afraid. They now put you up. You are now chatting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then you are now saying, we should pray for you. If you are like me that is afraid of heights, you just know that that's not part of your destiny. You just tell yourself, if everything concerns, you know. <laughs> you know, we have a water tank up. Sometimes you are feeling water. Sometimes I'm tempted to like, ah, can I climb to check if the water is full? Then I tell myself, listen, man of God, listen. <laughs> whether the water is full or not it's not part of your ability to climb I only climb pulpit and I come down Jonas, Jonas you have to just tell yourself this area because there's this thing called multi-talenting that is producing mediocres you are in business you are selling everything so we don't know you for one thing you're not an expert your abilities are wasted your energy is, is wasted. So as you're going into next year, what associations do you want to belong to? You cannot be in six associations. Old Boys Association, you are the Secretary General. This one, you are uh, uh, Vice President Social. This one, and the limited time you have is splitted along all of these things. You must be comfortable with saying no. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the best decisions I made in my life I just says, listen, please, I'll take this thing at my pace. And really, and I'm enjoying it. And it's beautiful. It's good. I can engage the process. Right? And that's why sometimes you have these conversations with people. I mean, I have to have the conversation with my wife. This is it. It will cost us more. I might spend more money paying for the courses again. But you need to have that honest conversation. 
And that's why you need to talk to the right people so you don't have wrong motivation. Say, don't worry, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And then you, you're, just, you're just motivated in foolishness. And before you know, your time is gone. You're not an expert in anything. Alright? So your potential, what you produce this year, is that all you can produce? Is that what you're capable of? Even at your workplace. Right? So, one of the things you need to... Uh, also, let me just put that. It's not a point, but just put it on that. It's to find out the things that are sapping your energies. Right? That's not a point, but it's under your ability. Right? What is drawing your energy? Some, it is maintaining toxic relationships. Friends that ah, are sapping energy. You know, there are friends that you are always helping. You need to have a conversation with them before next year. Say, hey, hey, guy, how long shall this continue? Right? There are programs that are just sapping your energy. Some is other stuff, movies, hobbies, Facebook, social media, stuff. They just sapping your energy. So you've got to work on that. Number three, what's the honest evaluation of your spiritual growth? Your spiritual growth. That's the anchor. You cannot get into a new year without preparing spiritually. I talk about this on Sunday when I talk about building capacity for the future. Right? How is your spiritual growth? How is your church attendance? Start from there. The scripture says we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You start from there. How many times? Maybe next day we'll put register in front of the church. And then by December we'll just call. <laughs> Mr. T.Y. absent 48 times. <laughs> right? So it's, it's very easy. The 52 weeks, right? How many Sundays do we have? Um, how many weekdays do we have? We're going to, I mean... Even for us as a church, we're, we're working on preparing early. So, by December ending all our major programs for the year, we're going to have it printed. You're going to have the dates to, to help you plan. Because even as a church, we're doing this in the office. We're evaluating. We're thinking, where can we get better? So, we're going to have all those. So, you know when we have our major programs already. Before you get into next year. Right? So, you, 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 you've got to find out your spiritual growth. The scripture says, when you ought to be teachers, you have need that someone will teach you. Have you grown in your prayer life? Or you started two years ago praying 15 minutes and getting tired. This is another year. It's the same length of time. Right? Your understanding of the word. Your commitment to the things of God. And let me tell you this. I'll say it on Sunday. If the departments you are in the church are too much, you can trim down and be effective in one department. You're going to be here and there and there and there. and You're not going to be effective... We need strong leaders. We need focused leaders. We need leaders who can be on time to get things done. Because as a church, we also want to do more. I know you have desire. I know you have zeal. But listen, we need all the energy. So it's not like you are in this one, you are in this one. Then by the time you go for the meeting of this one, the leader now finds time to encourage you. Say, it's fine now. Jesus loves you. Say, it's okay, I know. Because you are t- <laughs> you're tired. And then, if you're committed to a department, don't come tired. Come ready to give. Come ready to give. Come excited. Come with ideas. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't give your tired self to the things of God. You're active outside. When he's in church, the evil should close. Let's go. God is seeing my heart. God is seeing your heart. We're not seeing it. It's your body we're seeing. Give us a lively body. Are you following what I'm saying? Imagine I come here now and I start saying, how to prepare for a great year. Ah, God is seeing my heart. Evaluate your time. You just say, like, are you serious, Pastor? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, we don't need your tired body in the departments also. 
So your spiritual growth, your understanding of scriptures. Did you read the Bible? That Bible plan you started in January, did you finish it? I know a lot of you. January 1st, I read Genesis. I read Genesis. You are still in Genesis 14. This is November. <laughs> you are still in Genesis 14. I, I like the excitement of New Year. I'm going to give you a statistics. I know January 1st, everyone will be buzzing. Oh, I surrender all to you. We told you nothing. <laughs> By April, they give me some back. Give me some back. <laughs> your spiritual growth. Number four, honest evaluation of your financial stewardship. Your finances. Did you give as you should give? Did you save as you should save? We are ending the year. What is in your saving? You know, uh, I, had, I had a chat with someone. Um, and, I, and, I, and I was telling the person, I said, it's very simple. It's sometimes in life, it's not about how much you save. It's what? The habit of laying something aside. It, it's not, oh, oh, my plan was to save two million. Did you, at the end, did you save 20,000? Did you lay something aside? You know, even Jesus had a treasurer, right? So Jesus wasn't using all the offerings that were coming into the ministry. But do you know that Jesus could multiply, could miraculously get money? Yeah? You know Jesus could, or you don't believe Jesus can miraculously get money? <laughs> Which Jesus did you accept? He can. He got money from the mouth of a fish. But do you know that Jesus did not do that all the time? Hey, come on, let's be honest. Right? It's just me and you. Don't worry. Nobody will hear. Do you think if I have the ability to get money out of the mouth of a fish, I will have budget? Would you have a budget? <laughs> who, who is like me? <laughs> would you have a budget? No, why would you have a budget? Just, uh, if there's no money. Say, don't worry, I'm coming. <laughs> say, don't worry, don't worry. Just relax. Give me five minutes. <laughs> just take a bite. Straight to the water side. Fish! Something, bring something, bring something. That's, I mean, but listen, the fact that Jesus did not do that often and he had a treasurer showed us that we, are, we don't live by miracles, we live by principles. Miracles will come to deliver you. Principles will keep you not to need deliverance. You can't be praying for miracle money all the time. Oh God, send help us. When will you also help? There are things you should not pray about now. Listen to me, this is November. In January, you will pay school fees. That should not be a prayer point. People say January is a dry month. No. It's people who don't plan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you don't need to travel to the village. Because I don't know why some of you go to the village. Say, I've not seen my people for two years. Let them do video call. <laughs> you now go home and spend everything. Then you come in January. Say with the house of God should be house of love. They say they drive my children from school. Drive my children from school. I met pastor. Pastor said nothing. And I've seen big, big people in the church. You go and start a church that all of us will come and join and be doing that. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? You have school fees to pay. You should know when your house rent is getting expired. These are basics. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You should be able to tell people, sorry, we're not coming home this, you know. <laughs> we're not coming home this December. And if we are coming home, put a budget. This is how much we are spending. Have that discussion with your wife first, before you get home. Not like when you get home and they start, you know, blowing, blowing you and say, Hey, Chamo, Chamo. They just say, bring the money. They say, we didn't plan it. I say, bring it. I know what I'm saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
You know, because someone, when you hear names, you just, just, just stand. Don't do that. So, your finances, did you give as much as you should? Did, did you tithe this year? You should ask yourself that. Twelve months, so there should be twelve months where you tithe it. Did you tithe all the months? Or for some months, you just decided tithe is, is New Testament, is Old Testament. <laughs> you know, I was, telling, I was telling Pastor Mary, I, I looked at my offering notes, I give my offerings every month, and I said, oh, I think I missed a few months, and I need to make it. I, when I give my offerings every month, I mark my offerings, I mark it out. I have, I place, at the beginning of the year, I just write January, February, month, this is how much I want to give. Once I give every month, I mark it out. It's detailed, it's not... It's not assumption. Did I give? Did I not give? Did I give? Did I not give? I give. Did I give? Did I not give? Did I, I give? Or did you borrow your tithe from God? Borrowed from loan app. Borrowed from your friend. They say, God, you know you are my helper. <laughs> let, me, let me take the one for October. November, we balance you. <laughs> if you borrowed our tithe, please put it back. <laughs> <laughs> next month <laughs> and make sure under the remark you write borrow that refund, refunding God Do you understand? but although we laugh with this did you tithe if you were the only giver in this church would the ministry still run if you were the only giver in this church would the staff be paid would the lights be on were you financially responsible to the local church then we thought about muzzling the ox. Were you responsible to your teacher? Did you give to your pastor as you wanted to? Did you, did you, did you do that? Or you did not just know where the money entered? Or every month the money was just disappearing? Did you save? Did you invest? And if you invested, was it the right investment? If it was the wrong investment, have you asked yourself why it was wrong? Have you taken steps to correct that? You know, I, I would advise, I mean, I don't have all those knowledge because that's not what's there. But I would advise if you need to, you know, go for a financial seminar, take out some money and go. Understand how finances work. Pay for books. Ask business people around you. Ask questions. We're not going to be teaching finances from the pulpits. We're going to teach you God's word. Alright? If you need extra knowledge in an area of your life, well, go ahead and get that knowledge. Buy books. So, you must evaluate what? Your finances. Number five... Wow. <laughs> Number five, what is the financial, oh sorry, what is the honest evaluation of my relationships? I still have a lot. So I'm going to, I think I'll continue from here. Uh, I'll continue from here on Sunday and talk about capacity. So I'll just build up from here. So I'll just let the message flow. What, what evaluate your relationships. Right? And listen very carefully. Evaluating relationships is very tricky because most relationships are very emotional. So what you need to do when you are... And what I'm telling you now, tonight as you go back home, don't wait. Start tonight. Take out 30 minutes tonight and start those evaluations, everyone you've listed, right? Don't, don't say, I'm going to... Do. No, 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 that's a problem. 30 minutes tonight, 20 minutes tonight, start with... What's the first one we talked about? Time. Start with your use of time. So, the thing with relationships is, because it's emotional, sometimes it's difficult for us to tell the truth. So, you can actually like a friend that is hurting you. 
you can actually like a friend that's not allowing you to make progress. So you have to tell yourself the truth. This friendship to what intent? This relationship to what intent? Are you following what I'm saying? Be honest with yourself. Pull yourself out of the picture and say, hey. <laughs> Something funny happened. I went, to, I went to a state. I will not mention the name. I went to a state to, to preach, to do something. And a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, we had this friend who was be- becoming our friends. And then I realized all of a sudden he's entered into all of this prophetic stuff and all of this whole stuff that is not too biblical. So uh, when I went to visit him, we were going past the church of, the, of this particular brother. So he says, oh, can we stop to greet him? I said, no. He said, what? I said, oh, he's no longer my friend. So he said, well, is it like just say hi? I said, no, I don't do, there's no emotions to, where ministry is concerned, there's no emotions. So I walked past, he went in and uh, greeted him, you know, greeted the man and everything. Oh, so the man came out, oh, met me, oh, man of God, everybody said, how are you? That's you. So I just walked out. And a few weeks later, some very funny things happened. And he was the one telling me that. This my friend. And I'm like, see, the signs are already there. You know, most times in relationship, we see the signs, we ignore it, and we complain. There's this friend that for five years is always taking money from you. You will give. You will complain to the other one. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's five years. What is he doing with the money? No clue. How will he come out of that situation? No clue. Then you will now deceive yourself by saying you are a nice person. You are wicked. You are not nice. If you are nice, you will sit him down and have a conversation. Hey boss, what's going on with your finances? What are you doing with this money? You see, we define niceness by being good to people who are self-destroying themselves. And we say that's nice. No, you are wicked. You know this path will not end well for this person, but you fund them. That's not that's not that's not being nice. Love has to be firm. You can't keep supporting a friend for his, are you following what I'm saying? It's not that I mean, I mean, let me not even go there because some of you they say hey, it's like that. Don't worry. You don't know who will help you tomorrow. The person who is down today will be up tomorrow. You that is up today, you will be down tomorrow. It's you that is up that will go down. You know, we just say all kinds of things to just there's no framework for that conversation. Listen, we are not helping anybody so that tomorrow they will come and help you. Don't live your life that way. You are not going into a helpless tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't li- you are not going tomorrow so that you will need help. Don't ever think that way. Your future is bright. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sound that to the ears of your kids also. You are not training your children so that tomorrow they will not come and help you. That's not the future. Abraham gave gifts to Isaac and to the sons of the concubines. Should, should children be blessing to their fathers? Absolutely, because the covenant says so. But we are not looking forward to a future where we'll be at the mercy of our children. No, that's not my future. Not for me and Pastor May. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, not for me and Pastor May. No, no, not. Nah. <laughs> it can't happen. I can't even think of it. The path of the judge shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So, your relationships. That's your friend you want to carry into next year. Is it worth it? 
We grew up together. That does not mean. You can maintain circles of relationship, but people you're bringing close into your space have got to do honest evaluation. Are they inspiring you in the right way? You know, there are friends who can counsel you in evil, and you say, ah, he's a very good friend. Like Tama. You know Tama and the whole story. He's a friend that told the, the guy how to, how to strategize the rape. Say, tell, tell her you are hungry. Say, yes, hungry. Okay, bring food. Say, tell her when you are eating, let her come and save you in your bedroom. You see, the truth of the matter is that <laughs> you will not think that your friend is evil. Because that your friend supports attitudes that are not progressive. Ask yourself, if you continue the way you are going now, where would you be in 10 years? You know, at some, at some point, I'm going to pick up from here tomorrow. At some point in your life, you should lose taste for certain things. You're not a baby anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? At, so, at some point, you suddenly things should not impress you anymore. I, I just want to hang out. I don't, what, what is wrong with you? Is that, is that your focus at this stage of your life? Some of you have, you just got married. Why not spend time at home to know your wife? Before you now come two years that life, I don't understand her. I don't, how will you understand her? You never created the time. Are you following this now? At certain stage of your life, certain things should not make meaning to you anymore. Your life should already be defined. Some of us already should be examples to the next generation. So you evaluate your relationships. Do you have a mentor? If you have a mentor, are you accountable? Or you, you tell the mentor what you want the mentor to hear and what the mentor does not want to hear? Before I took this academic decision, I spoke to myself and Pastor Mary, we talked about it. Then I spoke to my academic mentor and, and he was fine with it. Before I went ahead, I can as well do that. Nope, if I decide, to, if you think as I'm here, if I say I'm not going to school anymore, anybody will, will harass me. Nobody will. You see, when you have a mentor, it is willing submission. Are you following what I'm saying? This could be even with your workplace, your boss that, you, that you're learning the trade from. Ask questions. So, I think on Sunday we're going to continue with this and I'll talk about uh, new goals, failure rates, then four areas to build capacity, then we'll talk about how to build capacity for the next year if, if, if I have the time. But without truth and honesty, growth and progress is not possible. Without truth and honesty, growth and progress is not possible. Oh, I am so busy, I don't have time. Then ask yourself, why am I busy? Are you following this? Then what am I busy doing? Without truth and honesty, progress is not possible. The books you plan to read this year, did you read them? If the answer is no, then ask yourself, why did I not read them? Then you say, oh, I don't have time. So what did I do with my time? What about shutting down early? 
in the night so you can have time to read. What about taking reading days? I know we've all set these goals. It's exciting. I really don't want you to I really want you to get into next year about setting goals, but about life transformation. Right? That your life changed from the inside. And the things you call goals will do what? Just, you just begin to automatically achieve them. What is not thought through, what is not examined, cannot be improved upon. So your life has to be examined. So let's go over the areas again. What are the five areas? Number one. Number one. The use of what? Time. <laughs> your voice is low. <laughs> What's number one? The use of what? Of time. And when you go to work, give your employer the best use of your time. Number two, the use of what? Your abilities, your potentials, your abilities. Number three, evaluation of what? Your spiritual growth. How many messages did you listen to? How many did you take time to study? Did you take time to read the Bible? Number four, your financial stewardship. Did you give to your parents the way you should? Did you, you know, let me say this about giving, right? Pay, pay attention to this. Feel the Spirit of God who wants to say this. Let me say this about giving. I, I used to make that mistake until the Lord began to correct me. Uh, you can live your life in such a way that you give to people who ask you, right? Who beg you. Let me use the word beg. Both of them. Who beg and who ask you all the time. And you neglect people that you should actually give to. So let me give, I'll use myself as an example. Alright? But let me, let me give you an example. For instance, let me use myself as an example. For instance, I will never ask you for money. I will never do that. I will never ask you for money. Right? Now, but by the fact that you, the fact that I'm your pastor... According to the scriptures, there is a spiritual responsibility, there's a financial responsibility you have to be of a blessing to me if the messages, is, if the messages are blessing your life. Now, because I will not ask you, you might never give. This doesn't have to do with whether I have or not. So, take me outside. Number two, you might have parents who are okay. They might never ask you. For instance... My kids are still growing, but I don't ever say just asking our kids to help us. Now, if you do that, you might realize that you never give to your parents, right? Because they do not what? They do not ask you. You might have an auntie who really took care of you, who is like a mother to you, but she's okay. She doesn't ask. So you realize that if you check your giving throughout the year, there are people you have covenant right, spiritual obligations to who you never gave to because they never ask. But then you have people who are master script writers. I celebrate you. This new month you will see new things. As I'm typing it to you now, there's no food at home. Say, oh Jesus, I remember when I was hungry. No, that's not the point. That's not the point. So, you know, and, and, and when we do that, we feel like we are helping people. I'm not saying don't, but ask yourself in evaluating your financial responsibilities, if you did what you should do, as opposed to 
People just asking you. You know what Jesus said in the book of Mark? He says, whatever is meant for your parents, he says, don't give it to God. He said, don't give it to God. You know what Jesus was trying to teach them? Everybody has their portion. You should give. You know, so he said, ah, I, we could not take care of my parents so, because I gave everything to God. No. You know, we see these things a lot on social media. Eh, when you earn your first salary, give it to your parents. Why should you give it to pastors? It's because Christians are not taught. The, the believer has a portion assigned to several... Go and read New Testament finance. And that's, that's what forms your giving. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's not just about the people who ask. Some of you, your parents have never asked you anything this year. Never called you for anything. But you have bought phone for some people. I don't want to mention their names, but I know their names. You have done recharge card. Are you following what I'm saying? You have never recharged your parents' phone. There are some of you that your parents ask, so you don't even need to. You know that it will come. So that one, you are fulfilling obligation. <laughs> that one, you might need to tone down a bit. But I'm talking about people who never do what? Never ask. So you want to ask. These people who never ask me what I should give to, did I do what? Respond to them. You might even have a younger brother or a younger sister who never asked. But when you look at your giving, you will realize that the one who unashamedly will always ask is the one you give to. And the Lord began to correct me about that. And I began to make that adjustment. And I realized that, you know what? We should give where God wants us to give. You know why? The poor we will always have with us. One thing you should tell yourself going into next year, you cannot eradicate poverty. And somebody's irresponsibility cannot translate to your own responsibility. Their lack of planning cannot become your emergency. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I saying don't give? That's not what I'm saying. But you have to give. Strategically, purposefully. Then lastly, your relationships. So, let's pray. You're going to pray over these areas. And ask the Lord. I want, I want all of us tonight to go back and do this. I want everybody to do this. Go back home and do this evaluation. Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just thank you. We thank you for the great year that you've prepared for us. And we pray, Father God, that as we engage this process of self-evaluation, the Holy Spirit of God will reveal to us areas where we need to make adjustments. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Alright, let's... Uh, Let's get our offerings ready. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email. Info at PastorMax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.